Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. And this is day three of your five-year real estate success plan. And I have to say, Julie, I am absolutely shocked about uh, the success of this particular series. <laughs> I am and I'm not. I think in the sense that we get so many texts and emails from agents in all levels of you know, being licensed, newer, older, grizzled veterans or what have you that are just searching for direction. And yep. a lot of them just, they will literally say, just tell me what to do. I'm, I'm tired of wandering around in the real estate wilds being, you know, sent different things to try out. Or maybe I think somebody's a mentor, but they didn't actually sell real estate. So I'm confused. There's just too much confusion out there. So I think that makes sense that we're getting a lot of listens on this a multi-part series about five-year success plan. Yeah, I, all that makes sense. And also, if you will add to this the economic uncertainty that a lot of people are intaking, yes. it's really important you guys are very clear about how to ingest the, you know, essentially the economic news. It is only relevant to you at the level in which you decide to make it relevant to you. And what do I mean by that? You're in real estate. You happen to be have been smart enough at some point in your life mm -hmm. <laughs> to get a real estate license. And you're selling something that everybody needs. And I realized like National Association of Realtors came out today with their 2023 predictions. Hey, uh, headline, no depreciation. It's going to be a nope. very vibrant year with lots and lots of sales, millions and millions of sales. No housing crash predicted. Yeah, tens of millions of commission checks. So, you know, billions and millions made in real estate sales. So let's not be, you know, overly worried about it. But if you're watching headlines and worrying about uh, the things that obviously the media for whatever reason wants us to be worried about, then you're going to probably be demotivated to want to go out there and uh, try to break the trend and become successful in real estate. But you've got to remember, you are in something, uh, you're in an industry where you're selling something that everybody needs. And they're going to need it no matter what direction the interest rates are going, no matter what direction anything or everything is going. It just changes the skill set you need to work with the people that are in the marketplace changes. The sellers have a different set of uh, needs that they have versus, say, 18 months ago. The buyers will. Everything does. You do. You have a different set of skills that you need to adapt to uh, quickly to be relevant in this market. But guess what, guys? There are lots and lots of people, millions and millions of people. It's project, uh, projected to be close to 10 million home sales last year, or next year, sorry. 10 million home sales is going to be 20 million real estate transactions. And lots of the country, that's still going to amount to at least $20,000 per every sale. So you're still talking about an enormous amount of money that's there for you to earn. Do yourself a favor and be very, very myopic, or as Julie's famous for saying, Focus, follow one course until successful. So the greatest gift you can give yourself um, in life in general, by the way, is having fewer things to focus on and having clarity. And the clarity right now should be on these two things. And it is really in this order, being of service to other people and then focusing on the, frankly, the people that are ready to do business with you the quickest. In other words, the people that are most likely to transact with you and where you can get a closing in, say, 120 days or less. And those are going to be the sellers um, primarily. And obviously the motivated buyers, but in this marketplace, guys, do not be wasting time with anything that is a try it 
I tinker with it. Let's hope for the best with it. Uh, experiment with it. Um, I'll spend the money today and maybe sometime in the future it might work. And I'm talking about all the sort of branding, marketing, you know, all the, do you just do this for long enough? You make enough TikTok videos and then maybe you'll start getting leads. There is a place for that, guys. And I, Julie and I, guess what? We create YouTube videos. We create podcasts. We have lots of content. But it has never been and never will be our, our primary focus and nor should it be yours. Proactively generation, especially in a market like this, where there's so many sellers, in particular expired sellers right now, they are the honey hole of the industry, where they, uh, you know, there's millions of listings that are expiring right now that are going to continue to expire because our industry, for the most part, between the office managers, the brokers, you know, the leaders, the other coaches, you know, they have never sold in a transitioning market, let alone a buyer's market. They haven't. 75% of all licensees out there have never sold in anything other than a buoyant seller's market. And probably same with you. So, you know, it's no wonder why there's this many expires because people don't know how to actually, agents don't know how to sell in this market. Well, I got something else and I've been, you know, kind of helping you guys to be emotionally prepared for this. Most of your sellers will have never sold in anything other than a buoyant seller's Mm -hmm. market. So you're dealing with a lot of essentially emotional headwinds that will obviously require a different skill set. And it's up to you to decide how fast you're going to adapt to that skill set. And I think, you know, combining that reality with the realities that you guys are experiencing uh, experiencing otherwise is really making uh, this podcast series a home run. And I yes. want to commend you for the well, topic idea yeah, I appreciate because that. yesterday, it looks like yesterday's show alone will have 40 or 50,000 downloads over the next say two weeks. And that's kind of incredible. Well, I appreciate that, but I always throw that back to our listeners, our coaching clients, future coaching clients is only as good as what you do with it. So that's don't right. just listen and say, well, that was interesting. Maybe I ought to think about getting ready to get started to maybe take one of those points to heart. No, we want you to take action on all of these points. So we are moving on to year three, and I'm going to be covering, or I'm going to talk about point one uh, through, and Julie and I are going to be going through point one through seven. So there's seven points. I know a lot of you are taking notes, and no, we do not publish our notes anymore because, frankly, these notes are copywritten, and we had a lot of people that were using them for their own purposes and not giving us credit or even asking permission. So the way to get our notes now, unless you're a premier coaching client, and these public and these are available for premier coaching clients. But the way to get the information is to write it down. So do take notes, all right? Because some of this stuff is going to be one of those. You know, we're going to say something hopefully, and a light bulb is going to go off in your head, and you're going to say, "I wish I would have written that down." So don't be in that position. But before I do, I wanted to also thank all of you who have been giving us five star reviews on iTunes. I haven't actually checked in the last day or so to uh, confirm that we've given away, um, you know, the 25 books that we committed. So here's, here's what we're doing this week in case you haven't listened is that we are giving away 25 autographed, uh, signed copies, obviously of our book called Harris rules. Now you can buy Harris rules at Barnes and Noble and every major bookseller. And of course, Amazon, but we'd love to send you a autographed copy of the book and in order to do so, or in order to qualify, um, simply give us a five-star, if you think we are, you know, a merit of five-star review on iTunes, and a piffy comment, and uh, just leave that on iTunes in particular. And when you do, uh, after you do, then message me directly over on Instagram, it's at Tim and Julie Harris, that you've left the review. Do include your address so we can mail you the book. And if you know how to, 
either just um, the easiest thing to do is just include a, a you know screenshot of the review or just let us know what your name was on iTunes so that you know some of you don't use your real names on iTunes when leaving reviews so that we can have our staff go and confirm on the rest of it. And I think we still have maybe three or four books left. I'm not really sure. I, like I said, I didn't yep. track today, but do go ahead and do that. So again, if you think this podcast merits a five-star review, um, and there are hundreds of five-star reviews, so you know the uh, peer pressure might, <laughs> right, right, might uh, encourage you to give us It'll a be left out. Yes, and then give us a pithy comment, and then we'll be more than happy to send you a uh, autograph signed book, a, a version, a copy of our book. Sorry, Harris Rules. If it is a gift, if you're giving the book to a loved one or a friend or whatnot for the holidays, let us know who, and we'll write something in the uh, inside jacket of the book. All right, year three. Point number one, continue to build on your first two years. And again, this is the day three of this podcast series. So go back and listen to the first uh, two days. Um, Amazingly, you are now a veteran agent. (laughs) That is actually a funny point, Julie. You you have more experience, confidence, and skill. This is the year of consistency and predictability. Uh, Do do a new real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is our fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. But you're right, Julie. On year three, Julie wrote this. You are a veteran because most agents by year two will fail out. out. That's yeah. right. You've survived. Now it's time to thrive. Yes. So go ahead with point okay. two. So point number two, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is now paying off more predictably. Do not allow boredom or repetition to wreck your momentum. This is what you've been working towards. Cruising altitude. Remember the jet taking off analogy. Do you want to do that again? We have to, okay. obviously, since you teed it okay, up. Let me, let me just finish the point. Your success is increasing, but will be less obvious because your net worth is increasing in the background in a non-flashy way. But let's get back to the concept of the jet taking off, because that's really, for most agents that have followed the plan, that starts to really kick in in year three. All right. So write these down in your notes, listeners. Uh, the jet taking off an analogy really has four different steps. The first step is uh, just to, you know, again, you can build off these steps. So to write down one, two, three, and four, step one is loading the plane. Step two is clearing the runways and, uh, you know, obviously powering up to cruising altitude. Step three is cruising altitude. Step four is going to 30,000 feet. Okay. So here's how it works. And we'll tell a little story because it's kind of fun. Julie and I have played around this story <laughs> over the years. It's evolving always. Yeah, I know it is. Let's not try to have too much fun no. for it just so they can get the yeah. point. All right. So you are the pilot of the plane. Congratulations. And you are now going to be uh, your commercial airline pilot. And you're flying and you're, you know, obviously you have your co-pilot. You have all the people that work in the plane. You have the baggage handlers. You have all the passengers, right? So when you are a captain of the plane, you are almost like a CEO of a small business, really. And depending how big the plane is, you could have as many as 900 customers that are sitting in seats that you have to take care of and keep everybody happy. It's a big responsibility being a pilot of a plane. So here's what you're going to be doing. Here's what you should be doing is you're going to be making sure all the luggage gets loaded. You and the... um, you know, the uh, co-pilot are going to be walking around doing a visual check. Then you're going to do an instrument check. You're going to be going through these, you know, legions of mountains of uh, checklists that all pilots plan. use. Right. You're making sure that checking to look, make sure the guy is fueling the plane. You're looking to see if, uh, make sure the, you know, all the things are being done correctly. And that is your job. Your job is to monitor. Your job is to, if you see anything that's, you know, not happening as it should, you're going to de- then tell people to fix it. But it's also- called proper planning, right? Proper previous planning prevents pitiful 
pitifully poor performance, and nobody wants a pitifully poor performance from your pilot. Because on year three, you've already learned how to fly the plane. And year three, you've pretty much internalized and memorized all the checklists. You kind of know what everyone's supposed to be doing. It's like you're watching a well-orchestrated like ballet. You know what, what's going to happen next because you've done it so many times. That's year three. You have to earn the right to be at the stage of unconscious competence. And by the way, that's what it's called. So anyway, you are the pilot. Now, you're now everyone's loaded. Everyone's sort of you know buckled in. Seats are upright. Everyone's sitting in their seats. And now you're being told to taxi out to the runway. You're now taxiing out to the runway. And what do you do when you're taxiing out to the runway as a pilot? Hopefully, you guys watched the recent Top Gun, right? Mm-hmm. You push the thing. I think it's forward, right? Don't you push the throttle forward? I think that's right. Damn, I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> We think you push the throttle forward. You push the gas. Yeah. We, well, anyway, <laughs> so we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. We're not pilots. But you, those of you who are, you know what I'm talking about. All right. So you're going to now, your job as the pilot, now that the plane is loaded, your job as the pilot's fully fueled. Everybody's ready to go. They want to, you know, you guys are all coming down to visit us in Puerto Rico. So the plane is now shaking and rattling and shimmying. And you're, you know, like when in the making all kinds of, you know, cranky plane noises as the thing's trying to get up to speed and your whole mission is to clear the end of the runway and you have to keep that throttle down you're using a ton of fuel the airframe is like i said flexing some people are like julie nervous flyers so they're death gripping anything that's around them you know (laughs) right that's what's happening and then what happens after that is the plane uh you know clears the end of the runway and at the end of the then what the what does the pilot have to do the pilot has to then, he goes up to actually different altitudes. Again, not a pilot, just we've known a lot of them. So you guys will know what I'm talking about. There's little milestones on its way to cruising altitude. Now I'm going to stop right there and then we're going to go and we're going to talk about and make this related to the different phases of essentially mastery in real estate. First of all, if you didn't learn how to actually fly the damn plane in the first place, you're never going to even sit in the cockpit and know what to do, right? So all of your first couple years has all been about preparing you to earn the right to be able to fly at cruising altitude. And again, that's, you know, you've gone through year one. That was learning actually how to fly the plane. You were learning while you were doing it. You were not just sitting in behind a simulator. You were actually learning and, you know, getting in your hours. You're training, right? That's essentially year one. Year two, now you've done some solos. You know what to do. Maybe you were the co-pilot. You were working your way over to the pilot's seat. Year three, you're the pilot. Year three, you're now, your job is to clear the runway, to get up to cruising altitude. Now, here's what a lot of you guys do. First of all, you never actually get to year three. An unfortunate, it's an unfortunate fact that I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's like 90% or 85% of all agents fail out of the business within the first two years. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because they never actually commit to any one course. They never follow one course until successful. They pop around. I'm going to be a YouTube star. I'm going to work on my website or I'm going to, you know, build a big team or I'm going to do all the other things. They never actually become good at anything. They never actually earn the right through their advancement of their skill set to be of service to anybody. They're focusing on the wrong thing. They're not getting the plane off the runway. Exactly. So you're now basically here's what's going to happen. Let's say uh, there's critical points in the planes taking off. Obviously getting the thing off the runway up to altitude or critical point. So the question we ask when Julie and I are presenting this live is, uh, when does the plane use the most fuel? At cruising altitude or when it's clearing the run, uh, runway? And all of you know the answer because if you don't, you've never been in a plane. The plane's making the most noise. The the uh, jets or jet engines are you know screaming at uh, just a really high frequency. 
you guys get the point. When you are taking off is when the jet uses the most fuel. You are taking off in your real estate career for at least the first three years. Translate this. Everything worth having in life takes a hell of a lot longer and requires a hell of a lot more effort than you've been told it will or you think it should. Or certainly that you want it to. Oh, absolutely. And if you're one of these people, which is all of you, all of us who are you know prone to chase shiny objects, then guess what's going to happen? You are going to be told constantly by all these shiny object fools that you shouldn't ever have, you should get instant success. I'll give you a funny story. It's in, it's in sort of the zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a guy named Liver King. Have you heard of this? Thankfully, no, I think, but no, I have not. You could tell how much Joe Rogan Julie listens to, right? All right, so. I'm already uh, grossed out, but go ahead. Totally. So Liver King was, and guys, I want you to think about why I'm telling this story. Liver King was this very muscular, very just absolutely chiseled. He looks like something out of, you know, uh, he looks like an avatar that was created in Photoshop, right? Okay. And his thing was he just eats liver and liver products. Okay, I know. Just bear with me, though. We're getting to a point here. Okay. okay, so he marketed himself as a living exact example and embodiment of what it means or what happens if you essentially follow his diet and go heavy on liver products. I mean, I agree with you. This whole thing sounds very gross. Well, so he was he was selling supplements and he was selling all this nutrition stuff to all these people that wanted to essentially have a body that looked like his. And... Um, he swore up and down that he wasn't using any steroids. Mm-hmm. He wasn't using anything. He was okay. 100% natural. It was all built. Liver man. Liver. And he wasn't even taking testosterone. He wasn't taking anything. It was 100% liver. Yuck. To the yuck. <laughs> to the yuck. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> liver pills, liver juice, liver oh. flavored coffee. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there is then leaked. And he $100 million, the supplement business that he's created called Liver King. And you guys should Google this. So he then is outed for not just taking a few supplements or a few stimul. I'm sorry, um, steroids, steroids, but droves of them. Matter of fact, somebody leaked some emails where he's essentially talking to his doctor, his you know, roid doctor, I guess. I don't know. Okay. And he asks the doctor. He says, "I'm about to go big on social." And I need to, and this was like, he was sending this message to his doctor. Again, this was an email that leaked and I need to put on all this muscle mass in the next 90 days. And I'm willing to pay whatever, you know, you or whatever you can sell me. I want to take, cause I need to basically bulk up cause I need to start essentially mm-hmm. looking like, you know, my, okay. my liver products actually work. Yeah. So this guy in this email that came out was evidently already spending $15,000 a month on steroids. Now, again, I don't know anything about this crap, but that seems like a lot of money anyway. And then he said, I'll pay whatever it takes. I just need to accomplish this goal of essentially looking like, you know, a Photoshopped avatar. Okay. So, and then the emails went back and forth, back and forth. This leaked. And remember, this guy built his reputation, his brand, his business, 100% on the idea that he had done it naturally uh, with just taking liver products. Well, obviously, then it kind of got ratted out that he was, uh, you know, Cheating. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't surprise me. That happens all the time. Uh, But what did surprise me was how many people were believing that taking his liver products were the shortcut to get up to altitude. What surprised me, uh, disappointed me and saddened me, I should say, replacing the word surprise, was how many people must have been hurt emotionally, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, financially, certainly, from taking his, buying his snake oil. 
Yeah, and it, possibly also hurting their bodies in the process. I, yeah, knows, exactly. Right? 100%. None of this stuff was FDA approved, right? It was all just, Ugh. you know, supplemental stuff. And the guy was, I, you can call him what you want to. I'll call him what the word came to my mind, a bit of a snake oil salesman yep. and or liberal oil salesman in this case. So A charlatan. Exactly. How many of you right now have bought, and now there are people that came out after Liver King was outed who are defending Liver King and refusing to believe that the emails were fake because they had already bought into the idea if they take mountains of these liver supplements sure. that they were going to be, you know, that. Confirmation and bias. They wanted to believe it. They had bought into it. They wanted to believe it. They, they told invested. all the- they mm-hmm. right. They're personally invested. They probably told all their buddies. They're probably peacocking around at the gym and t- you know whatever. Right. Yep. They had personally invested themselves. Did not want to admit the fact that they had been conned. That is unfortunate. Sure. That's the part that actually Fair bothers enough. me. Makes sense. Okay. So then eventually he comes out and says, "Yep, it's it's true. I was uh, faking it. It was kind of like the same thing that happened with Lance Armstrong." Mm-hmm. Now, so what does that tell us about human psychology? People have a tendency when they know that they intellectually, they know that they're on the wrong path. They'll stay on that wrong path for way too long just because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting to me. Human nature, for sure. For sure. And and obviously, that's a lot of the reason that a lot of these companies that have been selling agents snake oil for so long. Um, agents are still using their services, hoping and praying that one day the clouds will clear. And yes, it just means I need to mail out postcards for the uh, 14th year in a row, even though I've never gotten any business from it. The 15th year is going to be the breakthrough That's right, year. Because after all, you haven't spent enough time or money yet. Right. And guys, this is ultimately, in our opinion, the reason so many agents fail in this business is because they latch on to liver kings and then they follow those people off the, you know, they fall that horse all the way into the horizon off the cliff and they never actually stop. First, first of all, I believe that many of them never, um, they must not ever cross our paths because if they hear this podcast, read our book, certainly become coaching clients. There's just something. And I hear this all the time from you guys, uh, that is so obvious about what we're saying. <laughs> like when Julie and I are saying, Hey, you call it expired because they've already said that they want to sell the house. They're willing to pay a commission. You know what the price isn't. Well, right? list it. Yeah, they're willing to list it. You know what? You know the address. (laughs) Exactly. You have their phone number. And when we say, well, why are you spending so much time and money trying to get sellers to call you when there's a list of sellers called expireds that not this cost you nothing that you can be calling? Doesn't that just like, duh? I mean, it's like- It's because it's covered up by all the liver kings. Exactly. And that's right now what this is, what's going on in the housing market right now is very encouraging to me because all the liver liver kings are going to be essentially rooted out of the market because the agents are going to finally, I think, give up on the fantasy that taking a bunch of snake oil is going to make them into Superman. Yes. But the net effect to just, you know, round the bend on our jet analogy is that when you get, uh, when you succumb to those things and you're trying things out, well, what that equates to is two things. One is you might not ever even find the airport much less take the jet out. Well, so you could tell Julie's acting as mission control to get me back to the jet story now that I want into my flight of fancy about Liver King. That's what she's doing. Julie's- You caught on to that. Yeah, that's what she's doing. She's getting me back on topic, which was uh, thank you for that. All right. Yeah, because I almost forgot about the plane thing. All right. So we're back in the plane. Now, what happens is the pilot does not keep the throttle down. He's never going to get up to cruising altitude or she's never going to get up to cruising altitude. So the pilot, let's say the pilot actually loads the plane. Everybody's ready to go. You're headed down the runway. The plane is shaking, shimmying. It's going like crazy. It's just some, you know, it is what a plane does. And then the pilot says, screw this. This is too damn hard. Yeah. I I just had the thought, you know, 
maybe I don't feel like flying today. It's you know what? too hard. This isn't my passion anymore. No, I'm getting, I'm second guessing this whole thing. So I'm going to go re-land the plane. Um, exactly. We'll start over. We'll start over. And I'm going to look for an easier way. Or what happens is maybe you do clear the runway as a pilot. And then you're, you're, the plane is still shaking. You're shimmying. From takeoff. It, at, from takeoff. And then finally it gets up to, you know, the, its first, you know, cruising altitude. Uh, and then you're like, you know what? Forget it. Let's go back to the runway. This is going to take too long. This is too much work. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try something else. And that's what a lot of you guys do. You will start something and you'll stop something because the snake oil salesmen are telling you, dude, it shouldn't take that much time. It shouldn't be that much work. Maybe I could hire a VA to fly the plane for me. Oh, I could hire a bunch of inside sales agents and they'll, exactly, they'll fly the plane for me. Okay. (laughs) Now then you will never benefit from what happens after that. And that's cruising altitude. At cruising altitude, think about when you were on a plane, you are now at usually somewhere around 30,000, 20,000, 30,000 feet, depending on the distance the plane's going to travel. And the plane, it gets quiet. They play that, you know, you're above the turbulence. Things are easy. Everyone, you're allowed to get up. They're now- You can sur- have a meal. Exactly. Amazingly. The you're- pilot gets out of the cockpit. The co-pilot's in charge. The pilot, like- it always freaks me out. They get out, they go to the restroom, you know, like, okay, somebody is flying the plane, right? It's because it has gotten to cruising altitude and things have actually gotten easier in real estate. That is quite literally your magic number. Yep. That is when you start to achieve cruising altitude and things get easier. I've been talking to several coaching clients today who have that very specific goal, of course. And that, that's when you start to convert more to your own lead follow-up business. You're starting to self-generate, which is easier. It's not that you have to be less proactive. It's just that the activities you do are easier and more abundant. But you cannot skip takeoff and just go completely to cruising altitude. Although agents try that all the time and have to put the plane back on the tarmac. Did you hear what Julie just said? Are you guys connecting these thoughts in your head? You can't buy snake oil and all of a sudden be ripped, right? You can't just decide you got your real estate license and now all of a sudden you're going to be super successful because you're going to do a bunch of branding and somehow convince the market you're something that you're not. You have to earn the right to get up to cruising altitude. And cruising altitude in our business model is simply, as Julie just said, having, it's called your magic number. It's, It's the output of your real estate treasure map. So you're going to do your real estate treasure map. You're going to figure out your business and personal expenses. Then you're going to figure out how many listings you need to have at all times, whatever that number is. And it's always going to be lower than you think. We're going to be able to show you arithmetically in the real estate treasure map, how many of those listings have to sell per month. And when you actually follow that, you will, your mission in life, remember one, follow one course until successful, will be to build up to the magic number of listings. That's the equivalent of cruising altitude. And then when those um, listings sell, you have to replace them. And guys, if you have 10 listings, not all 10 of them are going to sell. In a market like this, when you have 10 listings, you're probably going to have two or three in contract at the same time. This is just listings. We're not talking about buyers. This is just listings. So your mission is in the shimming and the shaking and the work and the whole you know place where people second guess, you need to push through that, get up to cruising altitude. And that's when you have at all times 10 listings or whatever your number is. And, and you'll know that from doing the treasure map. And then your mission in life is every single day is obviously make sure the listings are, you know, basically just look at the gauges, make sure the, uh, everything's happening with the sellers, make sure everything's happening. Just easy stuff. You know how to read your dashboard. Exactly. You have to know how to read your dashboard. But then when something goes pending and closes, your mission is always to keep it replacing, replace what sells. You need to replace what sells 
you need to be working towards replacing what's going to sell before it sells. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to lose altitude again. So when you have 10 listings at all times, and let's say pretty much consistently two or three will be in contract, every single uh, day of every single work day of every single month, your mission is to follow our morning schedule and to work on uh, always setting new pre-qualified listing appointments. And there's never been an easier time in the 20 years that Julie and I have been coaching full-time in the 30 years we've been in the real estate business to become a listing agent than there is now. This is how simple and elegant the real estate business should be if you allow it to be. And then here's the nice thing, going back to the jet analogy. You've now cleared the runway. You now have got speed. You're 30,000 feet. The plane is cruising along. Everybody's happy. Everything's going great. You might decide, I'm going to make this really practical, that you want a new house. You might decide you want to take your family to Europe for a month. You might decide you want to pay off some debt. You might decide whatever you want to do is going to require you to have more listings at all times. So that means you have to start throttling down a little bit more. I think it is throttling down. And then you're going to go to the next altitude. So let's say, for example, you know having 10 listings at all times will result in you having two or three in contract at all times. And you know that two or three is going to result in you making you know twenty to $30,000 a month. Let's say you now, that's perfect. You're living an amazing life. And you're so happy, so financially secure. But let's say you decide you want a new house or maybe you want to become a pilot and buy your own plane and that's going to require extra money. Well, that means you're going to have to read, you're going to have to adjust your magic number to now maybe you need 12 listings at all times so you can have an extra listing. You can essentially bank on one more being in contract and you increase your income every month by, in our example, $10,000 a month. You guys get it? That's the blessing of real estate. Why are you making it so difficult? <laughs> yes, because you can actually do that. You can. Especially when you're at this level, right? So when you have figured out how to achieve and maintain your original magic number of listings, you then can make the decision. I had a whole bunch of calls like this today. You then can make the decision, if you choose to, to take it to the next level. So that thing means things like instead of replacing a listing when it sells for a while, maybe a quarter or six months or a year, you have a goal of replacing two to one. So one sells, you replace it with two. Yep. The next one sells, you replace it with two, which means you have to add a spoke like we talked about yesterday. You have to add another avenue of business. You have to get even better at your relentless lead follow-up. You have to do more things with your center of influence. You have to continue to grow your skills. And this is oftentimes when coaching clients come to us because they figured out maybe, maybe their cruising altitude is like eight to 10 million in volume. But they seem to be staying there, and yet they want to climb to that next level. They want to be able to fly that jet further. They want to do more for their family. They want to be able to achieve more of their goals. Sometimes coaching clients will come to us when they have paid off all of their debt, which was the initial goal, but now they got to recalibrate, and that's when the real fun begins because now you can do some serious goal setting, and you do have the ability to achieve whatever you can dream up in real estate once you have those specific skills. The problem is when you keep on getting ready to get started and you can't quite get the jet either off the runway or to cruising altitude in the first place, you circle the runway, you put it back on the tarmac, you go back to getting ready to get started, you get distracted again, you try all the easy buttons, the shiny object syndrome, and some of you have been there for years. You've got to make the commitment, especially this time of year, any time of year works, that especially now, when is it going to be that you get to your cruising altitude? Or if you've been there for a while, maybe that's okay. And you want to do, make some modifications, get some more time for yourself and your family, or maybe you want to take it to the next level. 
The real estate treasure map is the tool that helps you figure out what your next level is. By the way, real estate treasure map, along with the first month of Premier Coaching, is free. You simply have to text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. Again, all of you should be joining Premier Coaching. This is the perfect time of year. Really, I mean, any time of the year is the perfect time of year, but this is the perfect time of year because you can actually build momentum going into next year. If you're listening to this in the middle of 2023 or the middle of 2024, and now you're thinking to yourself, well, they're obviously talking about you know the end of one year into the next, guess what? You can have your, essentially your physical year start whenever you want it to. You can run your years from say August to August, you know, psychologically, every year you're starting your business again as essentially, a, you know, as, from an accounting perspective, but also from yep. a psychological perspective. So guys, the real estate treasure map is is very important because it is ultimately the GPS for your business and personal life. All right, Julie. So point number three, Three. damn point number two, look, took like 20 minutes. Point number three. (laughs) I know. Okay. Point number three, 24 transactions minimum as your goal for year three. That'll get you about $300,000 in gross commission income. We've done a lot of math on the previous two podcasts. Now, if 24 transactions seems easily achievable, modify it to 36, which will get you around 430,000 GCI. And yes, this is absolutely possible. You have a huge blessing, which is called the average sale price has skyrocketed in the past decade. Three listings sold per month, referring your buyers to buyer partners and keeping only the best buyers for yourself. 36 deals is three listings sold per month. You will make more than that as a result of the buyers that you're going to send to your buyer partners. But at this point, you have some choices to make. Yeah. By the way, NAR's uh, predictions for home values, nobody in no markets that they're tracking where they expecting home values to drop. They were expecting in some markets the, this was interesting, I thought, mm-hmm. they were expecting in some markets that the sales volume to drop, but the actual inflation of the appreciation of homes to increase, even yes. in the markets where they're expecting sales volume to drop. Hey guys, it's called inflation. So here's the good news. And some of you are going, well, on average, you're they're expecting home values to increase by almost 6%. I think it was 5.5%. Yep. Hey, guess what, guys? You're all getting a raise next year. Congratulations. <laughs> and you didn't even ask for it. Unlike the rest of the world. See why real estate's a blessing. Point number four. Point number four, your net worth is now growing. Continue to invest in non-risky assets like additional rental property and or your stock portfolio, but don't be overly speculative. I think there's a lot of lessons that came from the whole Bitcoin thing, for example, but don't be overly speculative. Be slow and steady and make good decisions, especially if you're going to do rentals or flips. And we're not going to get into a lot of this, but we do talk a lot about this on other podcasts. We actually, we're going to work on a new series, uh, updating an old series, but and it, a new book. And that's true. Julie and I have Just talked ourselves publicly <laughs> to that. Yeah, we did. We're <laughs> we're committing to write a new book, and this is going to be like a specific book on wealth building and wealth preservation. A lot of people have the ability to earn a lot of money, but few people have the ability to keep the money that they earn, let alone make the money uh, grow. And we're going to be doing a book about that. It's going to be specifically for people in real estate. And a lot of you have been requesting that. Oh, and those of you who have been asking for Julie's planner, we are finally in the final stages of design work on that. And we're going to most likely have that for sale on Amazon. We were thinking about um, selling it to a public but we might just self-publish that one, frankly, so we can keep the cost down for you. But that's going to be hitting an Amazon uh, you know, screen near you very soon. So those are a couple updates for you. Point number five. Point number five, do not push the easy button. It doesn't work. Don't fall prey to the three Bs, building your brand, buying buyer leads, or building a team. These things are unnecessary and will erode your profitability. You have proactive skills at this point. 
So don't make those mistakes. All right. Now let me edit that a little bit because we do want you to build a, a team, but in the sense that we want you to add support staff, but we want you to do it like we prescribe in Harris rules where you're always having profit be your first line item whenever money comes in. So what we, what that should have said is building a, we want you to build a smart team. Yes. Smart team is as an essence where again, when $10,000 comes in, the first thing off every uh, you know commission check is going to be at least twenty five hundred of that ten thousand going to you personally, which hopefully it's going to be mostly you know put into a, a majority of it's not going to have to be spent on your personal lifestyle. Even better, we want you to put fifty percent of that into a savings account. Those of you who are running with one or two assistants, when you earn ten thousand dollars, you're saving something like seventy five hundred dollars. The reason that this is a very valid point is because. A lot of you were given a ridiculous amount of pressure to build your brand, buy buyer leads, and build a team before you were ready or, be, frankly, before you even thought about whether or not you wanted to. It was an enormous, trendy thing in the real estate industry, and here's what's happening. And we have these calls, frankly, every day. Mm -hmm. um, they're a little depressing, but it is what it is, where a lot of people who've built these big, beautiful, elegant teams have no net profit or virtually no net profit, and now that the market's slowed down, they're losing money. Guys, look, at the end of the day, you, of course, need to delegate. You, of course, need to have staff. You, of course, need to do all these things. But you've got to do it with profit being the number one line item when you're getting paid. As far as brand building, let's remove the brand word brand with marketing, advertising, and things like that. So we do suggest that you do marketing and advertising and things like that, branding, if you want to use that word. But you have to do that in the right order. First, you do proactive lead generation, and then you can do the proactive lead generation. What a lot of you do, again, you hit the real estate markets, or maybe you've been in the business for a long time, and you've been getting constant pressure to build your brand, build your brand, build your brand. And someone says, like, I'm getting a lot of leads from YouTube. Well, what are those leads? They're buyer leads. If you want buyer leads, guys, take a listing, and you have to beat the buyers off with a stick. So... At the end of the day, you've got to be leading with the mindset of being of service to other people and doing things that are going to put money in your pocket in 120 days or less. And the speculative stuff, frankly, the stuff that's a lot of fun to work on, should be set aside. And you should keep it set aside, uh, frankly, for at least the next 18 to 24 months as we get through this rough patch in the economy. Focus on being a powerful listing agent, point number six. Point number six, master at least four to six spokes. We talked about spokes in the wheel yesterday, but these are avenues of income. Keeping your center of influence as your foundation, that's the thing that they start to ignore at this point, uh, but expanding into other sources. My favorite, you know, this is not the only ones, but my favorite combination is, of course, nurturing and growing your center of influence past clients, but also expired for sale by owners, probate and new construction. And spokes on the wheel, we gave it to you guys yesterday with regards to lead generation spokes on the wheel. The key thing is do not jump from one spoke to the next spoke to the next spoke. You, you have to have, for example, before you, if you're starting with uh, expireds, don't pop over to working with for sale by owners or notice defaults or one of the other 20 sources of seller leads we teach you guys to chase until you've actually gotten really damn good at the expireds. Otherwise, you will get good at nothing. So don't think, oh, I got to choose my seven spokes. Well, here's what they're going to be. I'm going to do all these seven spokes at the same time. No, we do not want you doing that. No. Everyone should start with center of influence and past clients. That's never ending. And then add a more skills-based spoke like your expireds. And by the way, the spoke analogy also works with wealth building, which we're going to be talking about a lot in the upcoming podcast and our book, point number seven. Point number seven, now is the time potentially to hire a full-time assistant. 
make that assistant a profit center through their prospecting of their center of influence, assisted by you, and or having them do broker price opinions. We can talk about that later. But they need to be a rower, not just a writer. The assistant's main job is to do everything that is not on this list. This is your list. Proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. They can prepare your pre-listing packages, confirm your appointments, et cetera. Everything that is not on that proactive list. So in a market like this, we do want you to, you know, some of you will say building a team. I get it. But the first team member you should consider hiring. Frankly, in this market, it's very easy to find a very competent person to do your transaction coordination. But eventually, you're going to, frankly, want to delegate a lot of the grinding work that it takes after the listing is taken. You're going to want to have someone do the entry in the MLS. You're going to have someone that you want to service the seller making sure all the signs are lock boxes, all the Mickey Mouse. So you can focus on the proactive lead generation. You can focus on the negotiation and you can uh, focus on, you know, really the heavy, the higher end skills based stuff. You can delegate the other stuff. We want you to delegate the other stuff. And so when you have consistent lead flow, depending on your price point, frankly, if you have an average of three closings and if it's a lower price point, maybe five closings per month for 90 days in a row, then you can afford to hire a full-time assistant. Up until that point, up uh, up to that point, you should be doing it yourself or using um, you know virtual assistants at EXP, for example. And all of you at EXP, we have a lot of listeners in EXP Realty. Julie and I are proudly associated with EXP Realty. They have an absolutely kick butt transaction coordination team. They charge two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars a file. You should be using them on every single file. Um, and that is essentially a team member for you. So when you use a transaction coordinator at EXP, that in essence is your first team member. But really, ultimately, when you are at cruising altitude, when you have a consistent number of listings, we do want you to frankly make it so that when the sellers have questions or when buyer leads come in to Julie's point, you do have somebody that's going to act as your backup. And that's when that, that, the time to add an assistant. Now, Julie did give you another nuanced little thing here. I hopefully you guys were paying attention. We do not want that assistant to be a you know an expense on your PL. We want them to be a profit center. Julie said drill down, make sure that their center of influence and past client list goes within yours. You know, give them an incentive to work their own center of influence and past clients. But on a very practical level, you can have them doing uh, BPOs and doing other things. Uh, Julie said, have them be a rower, not a rider. That's a boat analogy, right? So they need to be in the boat, not just sitting there as, you know, they're, they're not in Venice and you're not there, you know, sitting back. Their gondolier. Long. Yeah, you're not their gondolier, right? Taking them on a romantic cruise while they're just you know, enjoying their bonbons and champagne. Yeah. You know? Pretty fishies. They have to be actually moving the, uh, the oars the same as you are. Yeah. So in a market like this, and by the way, this is true, really any market, but this one in particular, every single person that is in your boat, your business has to be a rower, no riders. If you have anybody that's providing a service that's not providing leads that result in closed transactions that at least covers their expense, you need to upgrade that person. Or maybe you need to take a different approach to managing them and put it in a position where they can actually learn to be riders. I'm sorry, rowers. Guys, you get all of this? So we went through a lot of points relatively quick. We love this topic. We love the fact that you love this topic. Tomorrow is year four and five, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow is two years. So get ready. You thought we uh, talked fast and covered a lot of information <laughs> today. Wait yes. till tomorrow. Eat your Wheaties. Some right. of you don't know what that means, but look it up. Yeah, if you're, that's true. <laughs> you know, it is funny. Wait, I, for what are Wheaties? I remember Wheaties when I was a little kid in elementary school. Uh-huh. And I remember, you remember who was on the cover of the Wheaties box? Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner, yeah. yeah. Bruce mm-hmm. Jenner was on the cover with all of his Olympic medals. And I remember 
very clearly uh-huh. looking at Bruce Jenner, looking back from the Wheaties box. Some of you guys, yes, we're dating ourselves. So what? We're in our early 50s. There it is. And uh, looking back and having a little bit of a motivational surge, thinking to myself, look at this guy and it's like 47 gold medals. Yep. And then I marched off to second grade, you know, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, but that was the thing. Eat your Wheaties because they were yeah. full of vitamins and they would give you strength and all this kind of thing. Maybe, it, I think our listeners now maybe might be more tuned into Red Bull or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. You guys can uh, text us or email about yeah, that. Yeah, but whatever you do, ignore Liver King because it turns out, you know. That's not a thing. Liver juice doesn't actually Gross. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Remember, your homework from this and every podcast is to join Premier Coaching. If you're in Premier Coaching, attend the daily semi-private coaching call every single day. Simply text the word Premier to 47372 or go to premiercoaching.com. And guys, listen, when texting, message, and data rates may apply, but this is your clear path forward. Focus on fewer things. Follow one course until successful. This is your proven path forward. You can stop searching. You found it. Now take action. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.